If I can take ownership of the results I'm getting without fault and without blame and without guilt, I'm gonna grow and develop. If it's scary and hard, then how are we expecting people to come along in the, in the concept of person accountability? It's a game changer when you realize it's a secret power. Welcome to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast, inspiring stories from local people and businesses you likely already know and trust. Here is your host, third generation family business entrepreneur, Renee Oswald. Welcome to another episode of East Idaho Entrepreneurs. This is the show where I interview local entrepreneurs, business owners, and influencers and tell their stories. My guest from t- for today's show is not native to East Idaho, but her influence has been felt in East Idaho in our neighboring communities all over the world. Uh, I know you've been international. Uh, if you've ever desired improvement in accountability from those around you or yourself, my guest is the expert to help. So welcome, Linda Galindo. Thank you very, very much. I'm smiling ear to ear. This is such a treat to do this. Yes, I'm not from East Idaho, but I've been here enough to almost be considered, not almost, but maybe from East Idaho. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you said that because I just consider you a part of my life for 10 years. That counts. So, that right, counts, you've yes. influenced everything that I have done. Okay. So I'm going to say that you are, your roots are as deep as us, at least Thank you. at Oswald Service. So um, I am fangirling a little bit here today <laughs> <laughs> because, like I said, Linda has been a mentor of mine for years. Um her life literally, I mean, her work literally changed my life when I was introduced to it about 10 years ago. So uh, it's been the best thing that happened to me. And I think my children and my husband would say that as well, because maybe they didn't then. It was kind of hard. That was a hard change. <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about the work that you do and why maybe I'm saying that? My focus is accountability. And that is actually a very unusual hashtag of one's life, accountability. And the most often asked question is, how did you get into that? You, you knew that was my next question. Yeah, and everybody, <laughs> and everybody is um, very curious about this, this word, this thing that they know instantly they want more of. But they are fascinated to find out that someone's out there just doing this all day long, every day with people all over the world. So, um, yeah, my, my company is Galindo Consulting, and I spend my days teaching the concept of accountability, personal accountability in leadership and in organizations and to people who want to learn how to train it in organizations themselves. So I became very, very fascinated by the concept of accountability because I used to be a newscaster. And in the news, as you know, you see lots of examples of people who get a reward even though they were not accountable. So, you know, really making a very long story very short, I became obsessed with the fact that unaccountable people seem to be getting rewarded more than people who are being accountable and that that was going to be a problem. It was going to be a societal problem. It was going to be a problem in the workplace. So because my skill and ability was in communication as a broadcast journalist, I decided that I wanted to be a public speaker and I quickly realized that not everybody could do that job well. So I took some risks, I failed miserably, <laughs> and then I just began to hone the skill of being a public speaker where I could see my audience, and I landed on a topic, sleep 
eat, drink, talk about, make relevant and practical this concept of personal accountability. Yeah, and, and you have done a fantastic job with that. <laughs> Do you have, are there many, like you said, I think that we're kind of shocked to see somebody talking about accountability. Accountability doesn't always have a very positive connotation to it. People think, oh gosh, accountability, that sounds like I'm in trouble. So do you see many that are out teaching the way that you're teaching around accountability? I see people teaching accountability in organizations that usually has an Excel spreadsheet attached to it. you know, making lists and checking them. Oh, yeah. Uh, there there are other uh, providers out there with a different kind of concept. Where I think I've pulled away from that, and I'm not for everybody, is that I require that it become personal. I don't need it to be a concept in which you learn jargon and, um, and say that jargon in your day-to-day practice. It's more, what does this have to do with me? So yes, accountability, a very scary concept because it always feels really punitive. But when I had my own epiphany about it, my own aha, my own insight that this this is gonna change my life. If I can take ownership of the results I'm getting without fault and without blame and without guilt, and that's what gets rewarded, I'm gonna grow and develop. If it's scary and hard, then how are we expecting people to come along in the in the concept of person accountability it's a game changer when you realize it's a secret power it's a secret superpower and and i wanted to pass it along and how do i do that in story and practical tools in real life day-to-day situations we all face with our kids the the thought that grabbed me was how easily people can envision how much better their life is if the people around them are more personally accountable yeah, because that, of course, that means something to us. I think we think that, oh, well, if they were more accountable, then my life would be great. So much better. And so what a great concept. The problem with having a great concept with anybody who's starting a business or, or trying to get an enterprise going is that it has to be marketable. It's like, okay, do you want to buy some accountability? I do. <laughs> I want to buy some accountability for my teenager, for my husband, for my boss, for my coworker. Yeah. I want to buy it for them. So true. So that was the first, you know, real obstacle of, oh my gosh, everybody wants this accountability pill they give to other people to make them better about accountability. How am I going to do this so that what they realize is if they latch on to what it is, they change themselves, which cliche, it's the only thing you can change, it's the only thing you have control over, You, there's no going back. There's no going back. The, the result of it is so amazing. Even though it is scary, it is hard, it is personally confronting, the reward far outweighs the, the trouble it is to get there. But my job is to make it inviting. My job is to say, this is real. This is a real outcome. Here's the real outcome of a team. Here's the real outcome of an individual. And I'm perfectly fine with people who don't want to go along with it. It's fine. Yeah. I remember you teaching me once that it's like having a mirror. Um, when you've been out in a windstorm and your hair's all messed up, uh, you hold up the mirror and you you know you need to fix your hair you don't reach into the mirror to fix the hair you touch your own head and so that also went along with what you taught me about as you change the environment around you can't help but change and that was life-changing for me to be like well I want it to be everybody else's fault and in the book the 85% solution the very first chapter is queen of victims I mean we all have our story of this you know it was done to me 
and I was done to, and if it wasn't, you know, being a single mother with an eight month old and a three year old and, you know, out of a job and trying to figure out how I'm going to do this, it was something, you know, I yeah. was just the queen. I had the whole get up for being the queen of victims. And then my friend says to me, you know, you have talked about this for months now, and I just want you to know all these problems, they're always there when you're there. Wow, and, and it was Yeah, it was just this, this whole like, you're not my friend. Yeah, That's wow. so mean. That is so mean. That is horrible. You, what? And, you're just and, supposed to support oh, me. I was so upset. And I don't think I talked to her for some months. And then it, that thought would not leave me. Yeah. Do I have something to do with what's happening, which makes me feel bad and guilty and horrible? And it's like, she was very neutral about it. She was simply saying, draw a line. Mm -hmm. Here's where you are. Here's where that is. You're in there Could somewhere. there be a correlation? Could there be? <laughs> it took me months to figure it out. But once I said, yeah, geez, well, you know, we, we remain friends. Um, that was such a uh, fun insight. Was that kind of the time when you had your epiphany about, I, I can see, like, this is work that needs to be done. It was because the other part of it was all the people who wanted to rescue, fix, and save me. Yeah. Rescue, fix, save. Rescue, save. Or, you know, take it out of my hands. It's just easier to do it myself because you're a lot of trouble. You're whining about it. Da, da, da. And so I thought, you know, if I do that to my kids, rescue, fix, and save them, or say it's just easier to do it myself, where's the part where they get to, you know, actualize as human beings and grow and develop? Yeah. I'm robbing them of that. Oh, everybody likes me and I'm exhausted because I'm doing all this. But at the end of the day, rewarding you know, rescue fixing and saving or rewarding. It's just easier to do it myself in it learned enablement to not have to step up and do what you need to do. So that was, that was certainly the first three years of tangling with the concept and saying, but why would I do this when the person next to me is getting paid to, you know, do the same thing I do boss comes along and entrepreneurs I know are very guilty of this and, you know, reach in and take care of it because it's their baby. Yeah. versus here's a place for you to grow and here's some tools around accountability that I can get my culture of my enterprise set with mm -hmm. and if I do that early on I'm going to have good practices all the way down the line so now you know people everybody started somewhere and then you get these gigantic organizations and they're lacking accountability and it's very expensive right right so they live and learn. If they're in enough pain and they really want to take a look at where this is emanating from, what are we rewarding? Are we rewarding rescue, fixing, and saving? Or are we rewarding being clear and growing and developing people? Mm -hmm. So that, that, all of that just started to really grab my attention. And then in the news, when the leaders would get these great rewards for tanking a company and still get their bonuses, and I'm thinking... We're, we're down a pretty steep, slippery slope because we're rewarding not being accountable more than being accountable. And that starts in our home. Yeah, it actually does. It's pretty surprising to me or just amazing. And maybe it's just me because I'm a slow learner. But the fact that all of those dominoes fell in your life and gave you that direction, that epiphany um, that led you down this road, you didn't start kind of knowing that you were going to go down the accountability road or did you? I didn't. I just saw so many people that could have been me in my future if I kept doing yeah, what I was doing, yeah. and that terrified me. Yeah. Uh, I certainly had uh, teachers and mentors and uh, individuals who formulated new thought in my head by 
framing things a certain way and reading like everybody else does back then in search of excellence and built to last. And Now, you've been doing this for 20 years. Is that correct? More than that, but yeah, 20 is good. Let's say how many? <laughs> 20 plus. I think, yeah, I think we're getting closer to 30 at this point. Oh, gosh. I know. I'm sorry. I only gave I you know. 20 years no, of credit. Yeah, I, I think I 20 in my mind makes me younger, but okay. I have wisdom <laughs> yes, now. Yes, you do. And the, th the thing that I really was astonished by and that really propelled me was I would listen to speakers who were, they're very valuable, but it wasn't practical. It wasn't, this is you in your chair, do you face this and, and, and you know, push on yourself a little bit in a way that didn't shut them down, didn't, you know, the, the, the disasters around not being accountable and the stuff you're involved in that creates a bigger mess can be very funny. <laughs> um, and so I didn't ever have to tell jokes. I didn't ever have to, you know, you just remember had to tell stuff. reality. Just tell reality. <laughs> and then people would tell reality back, and then you'd experience reality just, you know, on a trip with trying to get good customer service. Right. And everything, everything, everything became an example of this. Yeah, like, yeah. here's a simple concept you have 100% personal accountability available to you. What's happening in front of you right now? And how could, it, how could you recover it by getting closer to your 100? You're not going to get there every time, but how, you know, the question just kept being the same. It's like, oh, I could totally use this, but even better, the results I was getting in my life were, were, that, were that good. It's, it is a tough concept. It is a scary concept. It can be also very, very funny, and you can present it in a way that people can't go back. Yeah. It's like, I can't say that's not how it is. It's, it's true. I, you know, it's like when you see something that you can't unsee. Um, I, I totally know what you're talking about because once you, you kind of slapped me across the face when I first, <laughs> when I was first introduced to this, um, and we'll talk about it in just a little bit, but Linda has an assessment. And so she was giving me a rundown of my assessment and saying some things that I didn't like to hear at all. Um, I considered myself a very accountable person and I learned that I'm a responsible person, but I was not very accountable. Um, and I didn't like hearing what you had to say. So it can be a tough message. It can be a tough message. I've had the privilege of delivering it to CEOs who've taken the same assessment you did. And my, now my opportunity is to go where I'm invited. Being really aware, you can do this as a training, and it is a concept that supervisors and managers, business owners, parents can use. Sure, train the concept. But then there's another part to it that, my time and experience has allowed me, which is to facilitate an understanding that goes deeper for personal belief sets that are not working. And when you get into people's personal belief sets, and they've been very successful and they own a business and this is mine, and I'm, I've been very, very uh, successful with it, they don't have a lot of evidence that what they're doing is not working. They actually think that, that I need to come in to fix everybody else. Yeah. I'm sure. You know, and, and, and when, when they have that epiphany like you had or, or the feedback from the assessment, the number one response with the leader, the CEO, the owner, usually is my spouse tells me this all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, why am I here? That was you know, where you should have yeah, listened. Yeah. We don't listen to that. I could have gotten it for free. <laughs> but I think the difference is I like people however they are, however they want to be. If that's, you know, working and... Yeah. And it, it seems to me, and for most that have now uh, over time become my friends, that they had permission to just say, it's just, it's just not working. I don't know where this pain is coming from. Yeah. 
I, I have to just add here, I think that's another thing that sets you apart um, in anybody that I have really ever worked with is that although you had this information for me, it was without judgment or blame or guilt. It was just an observation. I didn't like to hear it. <laughs> but, you know, as I got to understand better from where that was coming, it was, you know, here's your reality, Renee. You own it or you don't. You like it or you, if you like how it's going, then continue with all the stress and blaming others and having low job satisfaction and own it. But quit complaining. <laughs> if you don't like it, then do something different. So I really appreciate. I don't, I don't think that that is um, complimented enough or maybe highlighted enough about the no judgment, no blame, no guilt. It just is a fact. And everyone has that opportunity with other people. So what I hope is happening is I'm demonstrating what it looks like. Mm-hmm. to listen and then to, you know, it, it's the emperor's new clothes. And I uh, use that all the time because it's my archetype, which is this little boy who just walks up on this and says, well, that guy's naked. It, there's, it's neither here nor there to him. <laughs> right. And okay, and everybody else is pretending for a reason. I want to be liked. I want to be part of the group. I don't want to speak the truth because it will alienate me. But the truth is usually where the accountability lies. And the opportunity to just say, well, this is what is so I can move on. But what's funny about when you talk about your epiphany and the time we had, I remember exactly where we were sitting. You do? I do. I remember the look <laughs> on you your thinking, face. thinking, you're a twit. Yeah, it was like, that was, I've had that look many, many times. Yeah. With every individual, they, you can get a room full of them and they'll say, when she said blah, blah to me, I was just, oh my, you know, what just happened? Right. And I'm, I'm thinking, no, I'm just, you know, well, you're naked. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah, you no. can see that? And I am the most responsible person <laughs> ever. How could you say I'm not? You weren't saying that I wasn't. I wasn't. And no. the, the assessment is uh, great because it's you talking about you. Yeah. See, that's the thing people think. It's like somebody else saying, this is how she is. No, this is, I'm telling you how I am and how I think. And I am in no position to judge that. I just am not. There, there, there has been really crucial moments of humility that I've needed to experience to say, you're in no place to judge someone else for, you know, where they are right now. My key is start where people are, not where you want them to be or wish how they were, et cetera. Well, where are you? Where are you right now? How do you think about how responsible you are for the results you're getting in your life? Tell me how you think about it. Mostly, not so much, you know, and then kind of go on from there so that that has to link up to the results you do want and the success you do want in your own life. And I, that's another place I have no opinion. You know, what, so what do you want? Just tell me that. Until I'm clear, I can't help you. Until yeah. you're clear, you can't help you. Yeah, for sure. Well, I um, appreciate what you said before that when you were looking around, you didn't see anything that was real practical application of these particular principles. Now, you have given us a lot of very practical applications. And um, I failed to mention at the beginning, the 85% solution is one of the books that you've published, but you've published a couple of other books in addition to this assessment. Can you talk about those? So the 85% solution, how personal accountability guarantees success, no nonsense, no excuses. Long title, but it does say it all. <laughs> um, that's the cornerstone book because it, it, it's a book about you. It's a book about me. It's a book about how the concept sort of took on its own life from my life. And so people who've gone through um, any of the, the keynotes or seminars or workshops I've done, 
they're reading, they're hearing my voice a little bit, but they're reading about themselves for sure. And you could just pick it up cold and laugh. You'll just laugh your head off. By the time you get to page 90, you're like, what just happened to me? <laughs> um, then I, I got very intrigued with what's happening between the 85% and the 100%. And I decided that's where winners live. So if you're in the sales of anything, that's the book for selling more, achieving more through personal accountability. So the, the where winners live, sell more, earn more, achieve more through personal accountability. I co-authored it and I kept it in the financial services realm, but it is a book for salespeople. Um, I co-authored it with someone I didn't agree with about how to go about getting team sales done, how to get people to own and buy into if it's your business, working as if it's their business too. Um, the concept of utilizing people rather than a hierarchical top-down way of doing things, how you reward them for selling. Uh, I got just was very intrigued by it because sell, selling, we're all selling, but selling is about winning and, and, and 85 to 100%, boy, you're really squeezing out that external situations have anything to do with whether you're successful or not. Yeah. Because no matter what the economy is doing, somebody is being successful. Right. And that really grabbed my attention. So, so where do, where are they living in their head? And they're mostly living between 85 and 100%. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so I, I did that. And then Way to Grow came from helping people who aren't necessarily loving the whole idea that in order to do what they want to do, own a business or rise up in an organization, they'll have to supervise or manage people. Like that's not their love, <laughs> but it may pay more. It may get, you know, hands on deck for the business that they need to run. So, oh my gosh, I got to manage people. Well, can you simplify it for me? And I don't know what had happened where one day I just got up in a seminar and I said, well, let me make it a little more understandable. Let's say it's just three plants, a weed, a daisy, and an orchid. And you just picked those out of... Uh, out of thin air. <laughs> I don't have any idea where they came That's from. That's great. And um, maybe I was, you know, looking out a window and said, well, let's oh, say it's, it's a, a weed. weed. <laughs> That's that's your high performer. You yeah. know, low maintenance. You're not asking it. Are you okay? Do you need to grow? Here's some food. They're like, got dirt, I grow. Yeah. And then if, and then there was the daisies like, well, hold on a second. I need a little shade. Every once in a while, some sun. And come water me now and again. Okay, let's coach this thing to some growth. And then the orchid, which is this pretty, pretty flower, but high maintenance. Something is always something. It's just something. And it's a, just cloud over their head. And they're just sucking you dry. And they just can't seem to get it together. And I thought, if you treat all of these the same, you're going to kill something. Yeah, right. So treating everyone the same is not the same as being fair. That's kind of where I wanted mm -hmm. people to understand. Give it what it needs to thrive. If you're busy judging the orchid for being high maintenance, then you're not going to get what you can get from this person in the growth. And they can shift over to being this daisy that, you know, needs some attention, but not all the time. So they're, they're transforming and then eventually becoming weeds. And not all people, everybody doesn't aspire to be a weed. It's, you know, it's... And that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. You need the diversity in order to have an organization. But if you start getting resentful about, you know, I have too many orchids and this is hard and everyone takes advantage of me. I would tell you to look at the fact that you rescue, fix and save. And pretty soon you, you're an orchid farmer. 
Yeah, because right. you, you have don't, all orchids. Yeah, you have all orchids. <laughs> you don't want to hold people accountable. You're just going to attract them. They love you. They're going to work for you. You're exhausted. Mm -hmm. You can't figure out why they don't take ownership like you do. It's because you jump in front of everything. Yeah. You kind of control freak types or... Um, a lot of us small business owners are that way because we started doing everything and it would it's just easier for me to jump in and do it rather yeah. than to teach them how to do it. At least that's the perception. And we're killing ourselves. Killing yourself. I had that same, uh, you know, malady at the beginning. And now every opportunity that someone says, I want to learn this. I want to be able to do it and let go and let them put their own spin on it as long as they don't jeopardize the foundational principle have at it yeah. if it communicates it. So that's that's all I watch for. I don't look for this uh, preciseness. And the customer, I can say, I say to a customer, um, they say, no, 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 we want you. And I'll say, okay, you're going to say Linda who? That's how sure I am about this person. They have their own way. It's They're better at this place that they're going to be in than I am. I'm not so good with this. And you know, I can't do everything, nor do I want to. Yeah, right. But that was not me in the beginning. Well, no, because you were probably just trying to feed your kids. Feed my kids. Yes. <laughs> Taking everything and a lot I shouldn't have. And then I even decided that because, um, you know, this isn't for everybody, but should I take the money, even though it's not going to work and it's kind of a grind, that I'd rather be not have enough money. Yeah. I just did. I hear that. I hear that from with people, especially in consulting, that, you know, at first you just feel like you got to take it. And then you realize that, no, you need to be good at what you're good at. And we've talked about that in our own business. We sold fuel for, you know, many years. And it was not where we should have been focusing. And once we were able to niche down to what we did well, it, our business took off. But it's so counterintuitive because it's like there's a pile of money on the table for something I don't really like doing, nor mm -hmm. should I be doing. And then there's over here, we still haven't quite gotten it together and the phone isn't ringing. Yeah. Now what? <laughs> you know, I so get that. But I tell uh, to this day, the colleagues that chased everything are no longer in business. Uh, yeah. The ones that said, somebody just said to me, niches are riches. If you can really niche, especially because of how the environment is today. And I just uh, coached another woman business owner and she said, it just changed everything. I said, what is your hashtag? My hashtag is accountability. Yeah. You see accountability, that's Linda Galindo. Yes. I mean, 30 years in, I hope that's what comes up. There will be other things. And if other things do come up around that hashtag, I want to know what they are. If they're better, absolutely. Yeah. Because this concept is so desperately needed right now happy does it blow your mind that it's 30 years later and it's still desperately needed does it blow my mind it doesn't because uh change happens in small groups of people yeah and so what have i been able to do i've been able to do executive coaching or executive teams or small you know enterprises i've i've been in you know fortune 100 companies and they're not about developing people necessarily they're just not. I mean, for, for me, what I've realized is making money is easy. That's an Excel spreadsheet and it's a lot of moving around and, and you say, well, how much is that going to ding us, even if it's unethical or immoral, but we can afford it and we're going to make tons and tons and tons of money. Yeah, it's true. That takes a certain type of person that I'm like, I, I, it's, just, it's just not in it's me. It's not yours. It's not yeah. in me. Mm -hmm. and, and can I understand people do that in terms of, yeah, absolutely, I can understand it. I can see my own kids now starting to... Um, be challenged by you're working for an organization that does this it would it would be like maybe working for a tobacco company or you know something that you you 
kind sort of, of controversial. Your, yeah, you got to get mm-hmm. your head around, is this really okay with me? But no different than me, I'm accountable for where do I invest my money? If I'm in some mutual fund and I have right. no idea where it's going, you know, I have to be accountable for that. I can't say I didn't know. I have to own the result it's getting. That's yeah. all. Yeah. And then change my mind or do something different. Just to ignore it, okay, that has a price too. Yeah. I do it. I do sometimes what's comfortable for me. But when it's in the big stuff, am I surprised I'm not? The, the joy of it, the opportunity of it, the great thing I get to do is what I have an opportunity to do, which is just be invited in to say, we really want more accountability. And I'll say, okay, let's talk about what outcome would you have that you'd say that was money well spent? What, what is it you're really looking for? And describe it to me. That exercise alone is just so fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I want people to have the experience they want to have. I want an experience of accountability. Okay, keep talking. What does that mean? What are the outcomes you're getting that you're not getting now? And then the, the, the challenge of, of crafting it to that end. They don't know I exist. I understand that. And it's enough for me. Yeah, well, and what I know, and I have seen it with my own teams that you've coached, is that uh, it's just such joy to see them change their mindset and to be able to feel self-empowered, to actually have control over their lives where they felt like maybe they were a victim. You give them that. And so just one person, even if you were changing that life, it would be enough. It's absolutely a privilege. And I always get tickled when they say, I'm having a little epiphany right now. I'm having it. I'm having something happening. And I'm like, I so know that feeling. Yeah. There's times it's made me a complete puddle. Yeah. Not so comfortable. Yeah. And other times just like, oh, wow, really? That is so helpful. Not, but I don't, but I'm not liking it. You know, it's a, no, it's a weird little space to be in. It is. But at the end of the day, uh, I feel like, and I would wish this on anybody, my vision, my passion, and my skill lined up. So I can't not do it. Yeah. The phone stops ringing. Nobody wants us anymore. Can't, you know, make my payments, whatever. I will go and do a job and do it well. Mm -hmm. You know, my husband works for a hotel chain. I'll go make beds in (laughs) hotel rooms and, you know, stay in the corner, do something. Uh Listen to great podcasts like this one. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. So So talk a little bit about the assessment. We didn't quite get to what that was. The assessment was uh, born from walking into groups of people who like in healthcare in particular did, did lots and lots of healthcare at the beginning and physicians in particular very smart people i'm not you know i'm a, was a broadcast journalist i wrote stories um and you know i i had figured out a way to conceptualize this and bring them into it so if they called me and i'm going to work with a physician practice or a, a physician group that meant they wanted to hear what I had to say. Well, somebody decided they needed to hear what I was saying. So I kind of walk in this little lamb, you know, yeah, right. in my, you know, for the slaughter. Yeah, totally, you know, totally unprepared for a mindset that wasn't going on. Oh, this would be great to learn about being. No. All they heard was very much like in the days of quality. So you're teaching us quality because you don't think we do quality. This is insulting. You're they teaching just shut us down accountability. Get, yeah. Yeah. So accountability so must be here because you don't think I'm a, I'm a physician. <laughs> so I thought, well, I, got, I think I need a pre-questionnaire. I need to understand what, I got to do something that prepares me to understand where they're starting from. And there was a, there was a, a version of the assessment in my very early, early practice, first business uh, and in our consulting. 
And uh, I, I kind of glommed onto that because I thought, this is pretty in-depth. And then it became like one of those pictures that you see that are all jumbled up, but if you stare at the it. Magic eye. The magic yes. eye. It became like the magic eye. It's like I had a, a psychometrician, there's such a thing. They, they measure the, the psychological metrics of your thinking okay. process. Because yeah. I said, look, you know, can you, can you measure thought? I don't want someone telling me, how does Renee think? Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill this out on Renee about how I think she thinks I think she thinks, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's like, can you measure thought? Yeah, this should be predictive. Give me some questions yeah. that kind of predict this. And so, they, so we went through this, this iteration of it and then, um, you know, just started using it, not validated, just would this even help? And it started to, you know, form a pattern. There started to form a pattern. And then I got it validated to say, is this telling me what we think we're seeing here? And the validation came out, yeah, this is, this is what you're doing. So it became very predictive. Just, just a belief in an attitude is predictive. You know, I believe uh, gossip and talking about people behind their back is okay, right? So that predicts that when you hear an opportunity to do it, you'll do it. Absolutely. It's okay. But mm -hmm. if I believe it's super toxic, it should be tolerated under no circumstance. I struggle with not doing it. Please help me, hold me accountable. Or it's, it's, it's a, it's, you could be terminated for it. You know, the belief about it is what you're then going to decide. And that's going to move you toward what you're going to get at the end of the day. Yeah. So we have like thousands of beliefs. Some, you know, are easily dispensed with by an experience. You know, I believed this was going to hurt until I did. It, and then, oh, it didn't hurt that's at all. So change belief. But there's other stuff that's just in there and it gets reinforced and it's super negative, like accountability is hard and it's really negative. And if you get, if you get held accountable, it's, you're in trouble. All this just stuff. I said, well, okay, there's thousands of beliefs. Let's just see if we can carve it down to these things that are predictive to get a good result in the workplace. So mm -hmm. that's why we got the categories. That's where we started getting benchmarks. And then the magic eye, I would just look at something and say, oh, do this. Oh, do is this. Is that where you kind of um, were able to focus in on responsibility, self-empowerment, accountability? Is that kind of where that came from? That idea of the model where you see the circle and it's, it follows itself. You start with you're responsible and then you empower. So you take an action and then you answer for it. The, the, the simple model, owning, acting on, answering for came from a chapter in the book of the 85% Solution, the story of my daughter. Oh. And when, I, when my daughter did this thing, the penny dropped. It's like, oh, that's what, that's how these all tie together. Right. This got is, it. you've got to have yeah. this whole circle of things. Uh -huh. And so- And then the tool can kind of help you see where we lie in those different areas. Yes. Yeah. So I just decided this is how I'm going to, how I'm going to present it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And someone will say, you know, physicians after we got it validated some years later, would get their results and say, this, there's something wrong with your data. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> They're famous for I didn't that. Get, I didn't get an A. I didn't get a high <laughs> score. I didn't get, you know. And the, But then I got these physician leaders that were just spectacular people. And I still, I still work with them. I yeah. still work with um, people who are exposed to my work for the first time. Um, they're receptive. They're looking for, you know, not the, the top down. How do I manage? They're yeah. like, what is this? And I'll say, okay, all you got to do is grow accountability in your organization. Let's start where you are. And you need a little help first. You're not as clear as you can be. You're not answering for your results without fault. Let's, let's talk about where this happens. And the fact that it treats them as an individual versus all of you need to da da da. Yeah. Um, it creates a need to know. It's non-threatening. 
uh, and I can tell how direct or indirect to be. Because, you know, directness for some people, if you watch me with some individuals who are okay with direct, you'd say, oh my gosh, she's so mean, she's so direct. <laughs> That's why you were but with me. other no. people, <laughs> yes. I said, uh, Renee's been through therapy since then, and she's okay. I'm okay. Uh, then other, there's other people that I know just from, from the read. There's no point in doing that. It's starting with, here's where you are. This is how you've thought about it. Look how it's running into this other area that is well, not productive. The great thing about it, the great thing about the whole the whole topic, the assessment is that it's empowering because now you know what you can do. You know, it's like anything. Once you know, then you have a choice to be able to move it and do something about it. When you're living in ignorance and you're just miserable, that's a that's not a good, happy place to be. So the assessment sometimes may not tell you what you want to hear, but at least it, for me, and I know many people that I've seen use it, at least it gave them a place to know where to focus. And you make such a good point because sometimes I end up in someone's drawer. You know, they just see it and then they stick it <laughs> yeah, in a drawer. Yeah. But they know where that drawer is and they know, and when they're ready, yeah. they'll come back to it. Yeah. So I don't have an attachment to the timeline. I don't have an attachment to, I can predict how much resistance there's going to be. And that's why I, t I say many times, one of the, the parts of my business and for any business owner is, there's a point at which as a customer you shouldn't take because they're gonna put it in the drawer or they're gonna burn it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's over before it even starts. <laughs> but it's, so I'm not gonna sugarcoat it to make them think it's gonna be something else. You know, no, this is, this is the road we're gonna go down. It's gonna be very challenging. Um, I suggest you do some other thing over here um, and you start there. Yeah, I think you are really good and um, about customizing to your customer and making sure that they're getting the thing that will help move their business the best. Uh, so talk to me a little bit. Can we step back just a, a bit, looking at it as a business? How did you even begin to know you could like create a consulting business? Well, my first company was with my ex-husband uh, many years ago, different, Adinda, I call it a different Linda ago, um, <laughs> where we had a practice in diversity back when diversity was really coming on right. the stage because the workforce was changing so much in the United States. So we were an a, a international company and we focused on diversity. And I, I really started to have an affinity for women and minorities in particular around these diversity programs and air quotes in which yes our difference is a competitive advantage but the, the the thing that just kept emerging for me and and got very clear was well let's just close the door and let me have a talk with you this is a program this is not you taking accountability for your success and what you're going to do let's say that people get a little more aware about diversity but unless you get personally accountable for your success I don't see this really making a difference. I see. What I see is teaching the concept of personal accountability, and here's why. That's what turned me around. Yeah. Turned me around to say, I'm totally personally responsible for my success in life. And woman, minority, white male, didn't matter. If that mindset, generationally, didn't matter. If that mindset was there, how this person was going to behave is very predictable. Mm-hmm. 
And so being unaware that there, that there was a lot as, as long as. I'm totally responsible for my yeah. success line. As, <laughs> as long, long as. as you remove all those barriers that are in my lane at the start of this race. Right. Um, as long as, as long as, as long as. And so the assessment goes after and grabs what all these long as are that you don't see. It's right. like, this isn't fair. Yeah, that's not fair. But it's an as long as. So I started with the idea that something outside of people wasn't going to make the change for them. And, th- and then I just got really intrigued with how hard this is because it's not a widget. Yeah, it's, it's people. Yeah, yeah, it's a thought, it's an idea, it's a concept. And then people who wrote books. We wrote a book. You know, how, how, did, how did you write a book? And, and getting a publisher back in the day when publishing yeah, was like completely You couldn't just do it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely different. Getting in advance to write the book, you know, partnerships and... And over these many years, what I've learned is I'm a terrible partner. I need to just work by myself. <laughs> okay, good. Every, every attempt at partnership for me is a no. Okay. It's just a no. I've had four or five attempts. Nope. You know, I feel like Charlie Brown with football, Lucy with football. <laughs> you know, okay, here we go. And it's like, no. How, what is success to you? Can it fit with you doing what you want to do for you in what I'm doing so that I can make sure it's transferred over and it's a win-win, but not as a partnership? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm a terrible partner. So right now you're doing consulting, keynote speaking. Obviously you're still, are you authoring, you working on any projects that we should Two look more for? books are coming. Okay. One book is Insights for Success, Practical Wisdom for Women in Leadership. Because I have just these three, maybe it's four now, absolutes. If you want to be successful as a woman in leadership, here it is, you know? And, and uh, I can't wait to read it. I, it is so good. It is so good. It is just so good. I love it. I just haven't had time because I've been working on the e-learning platform. So we've got the e-learning down. I'm thrilled with it. Okay, so now we're back on track. And the other book, General Population Read, is called When the Culture Lies, How the Unaccountable Run Our Lives and What to Do About It. Yes. Heard of that book. So I'm on fire <laughs> about both of those. Yeah, so in between, keynote and serving customer I'm writing. Yeah. And, I, and I have taken down um, my the volume of time that I've been spending on the road or doing what I do. You can book a year out and say, and, and then someone tries to put more in. So and how like, has that grown? Like how did you, obviously it didn't start out, your consulting business didn't start out like that. You can pretty much name where you're start going. Start free. <laughs> free. So that's hey, it. Get yourself out Rotary, there. Rotary, yeah. do you have a luncheon that you Let need me come a tell speaker you about. for? Uh-huh. Hey, hospital association, do you have a little evening gathering where someone can yes. improve? Your, I mean, it was free. It was yeah. free. It was free. I was hungry. It, a lot of it. A lot of it. When I look back on it, I was pretty gutsy. I mean, I was. I just go out and, you know, I have this concept and maybe possibly inflate it a little bit or, you know, I just, just, I was felt very, very sure. Yeah. But I'd get knocked down, like with the physicians going, what is this (laughs) crap? I mean, if I can say that. (laughs) Or, um, you know, PhD academics, one or two in the room who just come charging for me. And I was like, I don't even know what to do with this. Yeah. The, it, the personal growth and development on that journey can't be duplicated. Like I can't send you to a school about- To learn that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's no way. Mm-hmm. But 
but there was just this place where I knew what my intention was and it wasn't to be right or to not look stupid or to any of these things. It was to figure out a way to communicate this so that people wanted it and it made a difference Is for it, them. Because you had a passion for it, did it help you get through that time no of getting beat up from these guys? No, yeah. I mean, there's no other explanation. Yeah. You, okay, we're moving <laughs> there, on to another there group. Are, <laughs> there are times when I actually was flying home from something going, I just, I got to give up. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I just want to go to <laughs> some other country and never be heard from again. Because there's some humiliating, horrible, you know, you get your valuations. Yeah. Do not have her back. You know. Oh, ouch. Yeah, just just that stuff. And even if it was one in the pile, right? You're like, that's the whole, the customer yeah. rates you badly. And it's that's like, the only one you oh, remember. The only one you care about. Yeah. Whereas now, I, you know, over time, listen closely and start to improve things. And, and it's you not that... You have to start somewhere, I think. You guess. Yeah. You just, you know, I, I don't know what possesses people, to be honest with you. <laughs> I really don't. Wouldn't it be so much easier to work for someone... And you leave think. it at work and then go home. Yes. Uh, it's not in me. Yeah. I'm, I'm not only my bad partner, I'd be a pretty bad employee. Bad, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so would you say that was your biggest struggle when you were first starting your business was to get past that? Did you feel like an imposter sometimes? Did you have that imposter syndrome thing going on? Well, you know, I started my business in Utah. Yeah. And there were so few women oh, right. at the time. Yeah, uh, in, in like there are, there are in this, women yeah. I can name that I admired, and so I I was named one of the top ten outstanding businesswomen in the state of Utah. I think in like ninety eight or something, and I looked around. And I said, "Well, that wasn't hard. There's only ten of us." <laughs> I had to be somewhere on that list. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh wow!" I was like, "Well, the, we are. We're, we're here. We are. All of us are in one room." Um, yeah, I. I uh, I have grown with an appreciation for what came before me. I'm not looking for appreciation for the people coming behind me, my daughters, you know, just the generations, because I have so much to learn from them. Yeah, it's pretty cool, and and I just appreciate all of it. If someone wants to call me a trailblazer, or yes, it was hard. Yes, it was hard. And and on the other hand, uh, I wouldn't have traded it. I did envy people who had a air quotes, secure life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they had benefits. And, yeah. I mean, what I went, we maybe would define as a secure life and miserable or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They just like, oh my gosh, it's like getting, getting up and putting on a shoe that's too tight and now your foot's bleeding. And I was like, why do you do this every day? And then they're, as they're clipping on their golden handcuffs that yeah, are, you know, absolutely. they're appreciating in value. Right. Um, you know, watching my brother who's had the same job for 30 plus years, my mom, same you know, 30 plus years. I just couldn't. I, Did they think you were a little crazy? They were sure of it. Yeah. And never really understood. What and that I was, you were going to be moving home soon. Yeah. So how, how are, are you okay? Yeah. Do you need money? My mother <laughs> said, are you okay? Do you need money? I sent her the copy of the book and she left me a message that said, I read your book. It's common sense and hung up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks she, mom. Yeah. Okay. The highest <laughs> praise actually from her. I know. And they, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, there was a certain point, and I think we all get there with our kids, where there's no talking to them about what they've decided. As long as it's not going to hurt anybody, um, and it's safe, and they're following their passion or whatever, um, and they're and they are responsible and accountable for the decisions they make. Yep, so it's not do it. it's not um, without risk. And you know, yes, we'll be there for you, but there's a point at which you're going to have to make sure that you're 
making good decisions for you. Yeah, very good model of that. So what advice would you give to somebody considering self-employment? I think business plans are overrated. So, so, you know, that yes, you don't, you don't have to get it to the point where it's, if, if, if it's going to be something that you need to scale and is going to require an investment, yes, you absolutely have to know your numbers. That's important. I started with, gee, I need to make, you know, 500 bucks a month and that will cover my expenses. And, you know, what, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and a whole lot of courage and you don't even bravado, know. I guess. Yeah, you don't even know. <laughs> you know, until you're like faced with it, you're like, oh my goodness. No one, it's, it's, if I could be so crass, it's like childbirth. You can describe it, but until you've been through it, yeah, right. you know, it's just, there's nothing. And then you do it again. I you're know. like, what are you crazy? We have crazy? this amnesia. And then, yeah. yeah. It's like, so I forget the worst parts of it. Yeah. And I remember the best parts of it. And it's, it's very much like that. I, I think that sometimes we let pe- passion overrule good decision-making. So I would say always have an advisor, always have someone who says, you know, I'm not going to grill you on the numbers until it all makes sense and you have everything. I just want you to see that you have to, you know, at least have some horizon that you would say before I go too far into debt or, you know, that this isn't making sense. Because in the book around sales, at the end of the day, it's, it is a discipline. I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this thing and then I'm going to do this thing. And, and if you, the, the hardest thing, oh my gosh, I remember this was adding an employee. Really? Yeah. An employee, like that's not a partner adding an employee Yeah. and just, just an assistant to handle, you know, like air traffic control and I get assistance and they say, well, I really want to be a consultant like you. And I'm like, it's not that kind of job. I mean, I know it looks really fun and what I'm doing, but I just need someone who does this stuff that isn't any less than it's just that this is what I need. And over time I had that struggle over and over again where someone took a job but wanted to do something else and yeah. i'm like no i just need this thing done yeah what do, what do we do and that was i don't ever remember that ever being solved really it's like you'd get them there you know in six months and then they're like i want to do this well in some ways it's compliment because you grew them to a point where they felt like they could do something else or said never going to happen here yeah this so isn't this is a time to make your decision because mm-hmm. i got to replace this role and i'm not i'm Here's where you can have that, yeah. but not here. And in a way, that's kind. It sounds like it might be a little brutal, but it's kind. Let me go and do what I, yeah. Um, so you talked a little bit about an online learning, an e-learning course. Talk to me a little bit more about what is that that you offer? Ownership Action Results, the straight truth about accountability and you. And it is a self-paced, intimate insight into your understanding of responsibility, empowerment, accountability, and holding people accountable. So um, if I put it out there in the world and said, this will teach you how to hold people accountable, everyone would people race would for it. People would get it, yes. Yeah. They, they, let's go, let's, that's what I want to know how to do without any conflict and, you know. And I just, I two years in the making, I thought it was only to be three months, two years in the make, making, I realized if I do a good job of explaining and creating a relationship for you with responsibility and empowerment and accountability that you won't need that third one very much. And when you do need it, it won't have a lot of conflict involved. And that the learning is listening and watching example and videos and years and years and years of work compiled yeah. into just 23 minutes per 
session right. where you you talk to yourself and you you say okay so that does that fit does that not fit what's my example of it where could i use this in what i do i i i really would defy a business owner or someone starting out um I would defy them to tell me it's not helpful that they were they glad they had it before they launched into all the stuff they have to do um, to the to the person who's been going through it if they really engage it they they get the message for themselves yeah. and then that you know they don't have to they don't ha they could refresh it once in a while or or the parts that we struggle with the most are the ones we need to see more than once it's like we're still in a little yeah. bit of denial. Yeah, it's hard to hear the first time. Yeah. You kind of have to get. So I can speak to this a little bit because we have done this particular um, module. We did this modules with my team, um, my nursing team. And it was fun to see them have, like you said, epiphanies along the way. And I had the opportunity to facilitate this and have some really good conversations. So it is kind of nice. Linda can't be everywhere at the same time. So it's kind of nice now that there's a product that we can take in our organizations and um, have you there with us even yeah, without having me. you there. Yeah, it's it is me. you. It's, it's one step below a hologram. <laughs> <laughs> but that's next. I hope you're getting ready. All right, Linda, you know, it has been so fun. I would just keep talking to you forever, but I want to give you a chance. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the listeners that we haven't had a chance to cover today? I would tell you that if you have been thinking about owning a business, starting a business, do it. I would tell you that if you're in one and you find yourself starting to tire of it, to press the reset button. And for you, if you're tiring a little bit, the number one thing you could do is go to the 85% solution, borrow Renee's copy or buy your very <laughs> own and go to page 90. And page 90 is going to talk to you about, let's, let's recalibrate what success is to us. So that's the secret to my success is to constantly recalibrate what is success to me because success is right now and I own this business or I'm making this product or I'm writing this book or I'm talking to my children or I'm going out with my husband and I'm defining the experience I want to have. I'm not thinking about the one I don't want to have. And page 90 gets you, re that chapter gets you recentered to press the reset button which makes you want to see what came before defining success and what needs to come after defining success. Stay on it. Success is in the moment, in every choice you're making. Just get conscious. And it's a state of being. A state of being. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, if anybody has listened to my business leadership moment, some of the things that Linda has talked about are not necessarily new concepts because I certainly preach. I'm a little disciple of Linda. So um, <laughs> I hope that uh, what you have heard... Um, is something that I'm living and um, I'm not always a very great example of accountability but certainly in my life you have you've helped change me so I'm a better leader mom all those kind of things well we're having a mutual admiration society here because <laughs> for every example every demonstrated uh, ability to, to spread the concept I'm in awe so yeah right back at you Fun, thank fun, you. fun. Well, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. I thank you again for devoting your life to this tough topic of accountability and changing people's mindsets like mine so that we can be better humans and influence others to do the same. I personally can't thank you enough for what you have done uh, uh, for me. And I look forward to your continued work around accountability and to your new books and all you have in store for us in the future. So thanks. thank you. My privilege. 
Uh, thanks to all of you for joining us today. As a reminder, our show is sponsored by Oswald Service and Repair with locations in Idaho Falls and Rexburg. Please visit us when you need quality automotive repair provided with integrity and honesty. Our family is honored to take care of your family and stay tuned for the business leadership moment. It's now time for a business leadership moment on East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to the Business Leadership Moment. This segment is brought to you by RiseCon. RiseCon is an East Idaho business conference held every November. They also have a sister event called RiseX. RiseX is a monthly networking executive event where you get to go and learn about a topic and then work on your business with other people, other like-minded people who can give you some direction. Uh, it is now present in Idaho Falls uh, monthly, and now we are also in Pocatello. So look forward to seeing you at RiseX, and if you have any questions about it, please check it out at www.risecon.com. And don't forget that Rise is spelled with a Z. Uh, so I just wanted to do a quick follow-up from that great um, episode with Linda and tell you a little bit more about it. So Linda is from Northern California, and I actually worked with Linda 10 years ago. You probably heard that in the show. She came and consulted at the hospital that I was at. And then she came back a couple of years later to work with us again. And at that time, I got to have some some direct training by her around accountability that has been able to influence my leadership ever since. Um, but I haven't seen her since 2012. Uh, and so she was coming to Idaho to work with a company, and we were able to meet up, and uh, I was able to record that podcast in person and learn again from her. And ah, what a privilege that was. I hope that you guys... Uh, really got something out of the wisdom that she was able to share. She has so many years of experience and has lived it and has seen through all of the work that she's done with multiple people and corporations how it can really change the culture and change lives personally. I know um, you guys could probably get sick of me saying it, but man, she changed my life. It's kind of like meeting or being with that mentor, you know, um, like think about Tony Robbins. If any of you follow Tony Robbins or you've been to Unleash the Power Within, it's so fun to learn from him. Well, Linda's my Tony Robbins, I guess you could say. And to be able to be with her and to be able to learn from her again and to be able to listen to her and record her on the podcast was such a privilege. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as I did recording it. Uh, it will go on my favorites list, and I'll be listening to it over and over. And you guys, I'm sure, will just weary on me repeating those same concepts. But they're worth repeating, and I promise that they can really influence your life. So that's all I have for the business leadership moment today. I just wanted to share with you my um, admiration for her, if you didn't tell, couldn't tell already, which I'm sure you could, and the fact that, you know, Sometimes you just got to put yourself out there. And uh, when she said she was coming to Idaho and I said, hey, I want to re- interview you, uh, she let me. So uh, it's it never hurts to ask and put yourself out there. 
And she was gracious and and gave me her time, which is such a precious commodity. So thank you, Linda. And I hope that you all enjoyed that episode. Please let me know if there are other concepts that you guys want to hear about in the business leadership moment. And always feel free to leave me a note in the show notes or uh, drop me a line on Facebook, East Idaho Entrepreneurs, um, or on Instagram. And tell me who you want to hear from. I'm... uh, obviously looking to interview the people who are interesting to you and the stories that you want to hear. Um, So have a great week and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to East Idaho Entrepreneurs Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Oswald Service and Repair for all your car care needs in Eastern Idaho. Let our family take care of yours. www.oswaldserviceinc.com